0: Hey there, lady, you're tuned into Wine and Gine, a lively woman's health podcast hosted by two licensed midwives, Kelly Pappas and Tiffany Alblinger. We're dragging every sister, mom, and best friend on our mission to make chatting about the female body and everything that comes along with it a normal and amusing thing.
1: Grab a glass
0: of wine with us while we flex our vagina expertise and dish on women's health topics each episode. Remember, you too can be a vagina expert because you have one. Welcome back to Wine and Gain. I'm Tiffany, and I'm Kelly. We are your licensed midwives. We are the hosts are. of this wonderful podcast. Amazing! We, you guys are listening to episode number fifteen. Four? No, fifteen. Yes. Wow. We've been making some podcasts. Yeah, we're doing a great job. Look at us go! Whoop, whoop. Very exciting. Before we kick off this one, we it's won, a good one. So good.
1: They're all so good. <laughs> Everything's so good. <laughs> you
0: love them all. We're going to, um, we want to share one quick review that we got since the last time we shared one, which is so sweet. It's by EC Wildcat 52 whoop whoop. You know that person is fully serious, in charge, mm-hmm. got a handle to Wild show cat. it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This is, I don't even know what that really means. This is what she says. Informative, insightful, and fun. Woo. I love that they are taking the time to bring these subjects out into the open to discuss. It is information every woman should know. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Thank you.
1: Uh E C Wildcat 52. That's right. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, girl. Maybe it's not a girl. I hope it is. I assume it is, but.
0: It's a good one. If you guys want to hop on the iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review. It helps our podcast come up in front of other potential viewers and share us this information that we yes. hope is empowering to you, your body, mm-hmm. your friends, sisters, mothers' bodies. And that's really Children, why we're here. Yeah. Yeah, we just want to share information, and today we're sharing information about
1: the pelvic floor, which I think is it's um, especially since having my third baby um, has been a focus of mine, like during my pregnancy and also postpartum, and not necessarily because I had a weak pelvic floor, but because I just began to learn more and more about the importance of it, not only um, as it relates to pregnancy and postpartum, but just our health in general, like how much it actually impacts the working of our entire body. Um, And obviously men have a pelvic floor too, but we're just going to focus on women's pelvic floor here.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. We talk about women's issues. It's a women's podcast. If your um, husband or best dude friend wants to start a men's health podcast, they can talk about... Their own pelvic floors over there. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So pelvic floor, in order to, uh, you know, understand it a little bit more, definition of it. Because I think most people are like, oh, it's that, like those muscles that you use when you, like, have to stop peeing for a second. But it's a lot more than that. So it's a whole muscular base of your abdomen. So your core is totally involved here attached to the pelvis, and it supports all the organs in the pelvis. It basically forms like a sling underneath all of that, um, helping the rectum,
0: vagina, urethra in there. So, make sense? It does. And if you look at pictures of this, sometimes that's helpful because it's hard to imagine... This stretch of muscle, because it gets interrupted by organs mm-hmm. and your vagina and your rectum. Mm-hmm. And so how does a sling stretch across right. something that has a bunch of openings? And so seeing a picture of it can yes. just really kind of give you an idea of what it is that we're talking about. For sure. And I think it helps
1: integrate the idea that it's not just about like your. Vaginal muscle strength, or something that I think a lot of people think about when they think uh, doing Kegels and
0: exactly Kegels, Kegels, Kegels. That has... I feel like I've heard it a bunch of different ways, and I you never can say out. it however you want. Named after some dude,
1: <laughs> these dudes naming things. <laughs> um, so I mentioned too that it's uh, connected to your core. Uh, so this is how it connects to something called um, diastasis recti that. Uh, is a separation of the abdominal muscles in your abdomen, obviously. But there's all kinds of information about that. Uh, We're not going to go into that in this podcast. So we'll link um, a couple, like, kind of classes and information stuff in the show notes. But that's kind of for a different chat. Put that out there first. so
0: many things can go wrong in your body.
1: (laughs) We just want to talk about them all. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We're just going to focus on this one muscle group yes today but do know and appreciate that it's all interconnected mm-hmm. so um being able to go after and isolate just one particular issue is not how the body works the body works as a system and so we are going to talk about this one specific thing but it is right and good to think about how all of these aspects yes. interact together
1: absolutely Um, so the pelvic floor has some jobs that it was designed to do. We talked about the fact that it's a sling in there. It's helping support the rectum, your uterus, your bladder, like all those other pelvic and kind of lower abdominal organs. So it's there to kind of keep, it's helping keep everything in place, right? Yep. That's helpful. Um, it helps in stability as part of your core. Also helpful. Um, It helps sexually, so it can actually help you orgasm, uh, which is a wonderful thing, by encouraging vaginal sensation and tone, and it can actually help those contractions during orgasm. Um, And it's also a word that I just learned,
0: sphincteric. Sphincteric. Can you guess what that means? Having to do with the sphincter? It Basically means it's going to help
1: squeeze any openings shut. Yeah. Like it's going to help, right? That like kind of closing off process. Uh-huh. So when people talk about like stopping urinating or like holding a fart in, right? Those would be those are sphincteric, sphincteric actions.
0: Yep. Yes. Okay. So sphincteric. Is... Or maybe it's sphincteric. No, sphincteric. Sphincteric. Sphincteric <laughs> yes. sounds kind of like galactic. Yes. Sphincteric. <laughs> I want to say it like that. (laughs) Okay. So that's one
1: of its jobs. Woo! To be sphincteric. It's very authoritative. Um, Do you know how to identify your pelvic floor muscles?
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, we have to teach women this all the time, Mm -hmm. right? So the way that, like, the, the way that the general public relates to the control of these muscles is. With the release and um, and stop of flow of urine. Mm-hmm. And so even though that is not actually good for these right. muscles, <laughs> yeah. yes, sometimes that's the only way that we can help people understand how to isolate that particular muscle. Yes. Um, you only need to do that one time. Mm-hmm. If you start to urinate and you stop the flow of urine... You'll have isolated that muscle. you will know exactly where it's at. You'll have muscle memory for that one. It's not a difficult one to do. Do you know of other ways of isolating that muscle? Well, the so I learned that way as well,
1: like okay, you're peeing, you stop. now you know exactly the muscles that you want to kind of contract. Um, while those certainly are the muscles, uh, again, it's it's sort of like a one-sided view of the whole pelvic floor to understand exactly like everything that it's capable of. So there's a bit of breathing that can go along with it too. And also, um, we can do this with, instead of actually stopping the full urine flow, a bit of like visualization mm. of that or sort of a, a, like guided, I don't know. It's not meditation, but just a guided, uh, I don't know. Something rather. other. Yeah.
0: You're, yes. you're, um, you're visualizing the physical yes. parts that you're working with, even though you can't see them.
1: Yes. So, if you're listening right now, and Tiffany, you do this too. I'll do this too. So, if you're not peeing right now, <laughs> hopefully you're just sitting or doing whatever. Um, imagine that you were stopping the flow of urine, right? So, pull in those muscles, and imagine at the same time you're like, say you're in an elevator, and you like don't you like really have to pee and you really have to fart, right? And there's like well, other people in there, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that, right? So you're kind of holding in your pee. And then also bring in kind of contracting in your anus as well. Like you're holding in that part but you don't want to fart in front of anybody. Um, and then, um, so you're doing that the muscles in the front and in the back, right. You want to kind of squeeze up and inside your pelvis. So it's not just a matter of squeezing, but it's a matter of kind of lifting up as well. Um, if you use tampons or use like a menstrual cup you can kind of imagine as if you were squeezing that almost higher into yourself too. what you, what muscles you would have to use to bring that up. So again, it's not just about the contracting, but it's about the lifting as well. And then the act of actually like intentionally releasing them too. Cause it's not just like a, you know, when you're doing kegels, 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 that's how you say it.
0: You can say it however you want.
1: Okay, cool. Um, it, that is really just kind of squeezing and releasing. But this process is sort of bringing it, lifting it up. Some people will teach it like an elevator, sort of. Like you're yeah. bringing it up to the next floor and up and up to whatever the third floor. And then, then the elevator goes down, right? Like floor by floor. And then you kind of go into the basement, right? And you're kind of real, like almost pushing, sort of like releasing it that way. Yeah. That is hard to do at first. Yes, very hard.
0: So if you're trying to do that now, kind of bringing it up in stages, Mm -hmm. some people can do that without practice. They can bring it up like two or three floors. Yeah. But releasing it in stages is extra hard. So if you're doing this now and you're like, I don't know what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. that's not easy for me. This is not something that you can do right away and then you just practice it. This is something that needs regular toning all the time in order to do properly. You have to exercise this muscle just to work it properly. And that is right. We think about like going to work out and we're like,
1: Oh, like, you know, you have to work your way up to heavier weights or, you know, whatever. Um, it's the same. This is a set of muscles as well that has to be worked in order to utilize them the way that they can be. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed that little visualization for yourself. And now you understand where your muscles are. Um, Now, it's not just Kegels. I think we talk a lot about those. And I've already said that word like five times. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because that's the majority of the information that women get. Do your Kegels while you're sitting at the red light or while you're brushing your teeth or whatever. And like, that's all you need to do. Um, But your pelvic floor, like I was saying, is so much more than that. And Kegels... Kegels kind of uh, isolate just certain types of muscles and just contract them. And we want your entire pelvic floor to be strong, not just tight.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) and you can even do Kegels in a way that Mm -hmm. strengthens one aspect of that muscle that you're squeezing. And what most women do is they end up squeezing the... Rectum part of their Mm -hmm. pelvic floor when they're doing a kegel, and so you just get your anus really strong, which Which everybody loves. Like, that's a good thing, yeah. I mean, that's something my muscle in there. Top
1: five
0: yeah. <laughs> list of things, things I have want control to over. Keep strong, yeah. <laughs> yes. But you don't usually end up strengthening the weaker parts of it yes. because your body wants to just do the easy thing—the mm-hmm. thing that's already kind of strong. And so, I don't know if if um, this fits into your instruction, but a lot of time I have women laid down. Um, flatten their backs or put a Mm -hmm. pillow under their pelvis to tilt their pelvis forward so you're bringing your pubic bone towards your belly button Mm -hmm. and then you practice doing your Kegel exercise that way because it brings the the tightening a little bit more forward where it tends to be weaker and keeps you from isolating just that anal Mm -hmm. tightening Um, and once women get that practice down and they're able to have that muscle memory in their bodies of that more forward
1: yes. pelvic floor
0: Kegel tightening, then you can do it when you're walking around or sitting at a stoplight yes. or whatever. But I, but what Kelly's saying is it'd be like if you go to the gym and you're like, I want my arms to be buff. I'm just going to do bicep curls. Right. That's working one muscle group yes. of the four or five Mm-hmm. that you need to in order to get a full workout in your arm. And so kegels are not going to be the only thing that strengthen this muscle. For sure. And it's not only just that we want to strengthen this muscle, there's other things we want to do to this muscle yeah, absolutely. also. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: another really helpful aspect of it I have found, and I know you know, other people have shared about this too, are like deep squats mm-hmm. in terms of strengthening all of that and I mean, obviously that's just a good exercise kind of in general, but, but deep squats can really help strengthen that entire, like we talked about, it's a sling, a whole hammock over this entire area, um, can really help strengthen.
0: Cause it's too. an, it's an active, when you're squatting, you're activating multiple muscle groups mm-hmm. instead of laying down or sitting. It's pretty right. passive when you're activating that, um, squeezing Kegel mm-hmm. movement. Squatting, You're having to stabilize yourself so that yeah. you're in balance and you're um, actually stretching that area out. Mm-hmm. And we know that longer muscles are able to, to be stronger muscles yes. because they have mobility to them.
1: Exactly. So, again, it's not just about isolating this one piece of it. Because like what we talked about, pelvic floor has a lot of very different jobs that, again, can't be fulfilled with just sort of paying attention to one aspect of them. Um, And breathing, just the way that you breathe and the way that you're connecting with your body, with your breath, is also one of the most important aspects of pelvic floor health and strength. Um, It's going to connect to your core. It connects to that pelvic floor. Um, Do you know much about diaphragmatic breathing?
0: I do. I did. I learned um, a specific method for um, I'm trying to think. I I think it was. Um, it was a part of a, a cesarean scar remediation training mm. that I was in. Interesting. And I started utilizing this breathing technique just as a biofeedback mechanism when I was stressed or anxious. And I don't know if it's exactly what you're going to share, yeah. but it was yeah, re- it was related to. Um, Uh, really not just bringing awareness to your breath, but bringing awareness to where your breath activates the rest of your body. Mm -hmm. And so when I was running a lot last year and I would feel like short of breath just because I wasn't paying attention to my breathing, I would start this diaphragmatic breathing Mm. that would kind of like um, recalibrate my airflow and kind of like calm me down and not make me feel like I was – short of breath anymore but like I'm actually oxygenating my body so I think that's probably what you're going to share oh so share what you do so from the way that I learned it was like, imagining that somebody's hands are on your rib cage on each side, so right under your, your armpits or, like, where your bra mm-hmm. strap goes, right underneath that, they're kind of squeezing, like, they're giving you, like, a little gentle hug. Yeah. You need to move their hands apart yes. to increase the space in your rib cage, mm-hmm. so it's not happening up in your chest where your lungs yeah. actually are, and it's not in your belly. You're not yes, making exactly. your belly come out, which is what a lot of people think, diet. Diaphragmatic breathing is. Yeah, but it's increasing the space in your rib cage on your sides, Mm -hmm. and so letting that breath come in. There's a resistance there, but that's what you want to work with. You want to hit that resistance. Yes,
1: that's a much better way of how I was going to explain it. But yes, increasing the space (laughs) of the rib cage because I think a lot of people think you're either like a chest breather or a belly breather, and those are your two options. Right. And so, um, very purposeful breathing, um, that diaphragmatic breathing can be super important. If you at the same time are sort of lifting your pelvic floor along with that, that's going to help create this like connection between your core as kind of your core. Uh, if you pay attention to it, you can kind of bring your, those like deep abdominal muscles kind of towards your spine. Right. And as you're increasing all that space and you're breathing and you're bringing up your pelvic floor it sounds like there's like a lot to do and there kind of is breathing is obviously something that just happens normally on our bodies but we're not really paying attention to it but if we're doing it purposefully like with intention all of a sudden this becomes one of your greatest assets of helping um be not only be aware of your pelvic floor but strengthening it and like connecting to it so um, I read this quote that I wanted to share, um, and it's, actually, it's from the Bloom Method, which is a really great Instagram account um, to follow. I'll link it in our um, Instagram, I'm sure, this uh, week, but um, it says, the pelvic floor should move much like a buoy in relationship with waves of the ocean. Your breath, like each wave, effortlessly guides the pelvic floor to rise and fall, providing complete fluidity and optimal balance of pelvic floor movement. Isn't that so beautiful?
0: Yeah. Our
1: it, bodies are pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, and, and it reminds me that like we we call this muscle a sling because it really does anchor from one side of our pelvis to the mm-hmm. other, but when it is working properly, it's not like a bowl that's just hanging. Right, yeah holding up weight it's actually active and almost like an inverted funnel
1: sort of like presenting it's what's there yeah Yeah. it's
0: holding things up Mm -hmm. and, and up through your pelvis and abdomen not just a place for contents to sit yes and so what happens when you bring this breath and awareness um to your your practice when you're when you're working on this particular thing, is that breath activates your pelvic floor, which mm-hmm. is what you want. You want to practice that so that it's doing that all the time. But like Kelly said, it's activating different parts of your core. So if you if you really are able to be present and concentrate on um, getting this method down, you're going to feel... Your abs tightening. You're gonna feel mm-hmm. your lower back muscles getting activated. You're gonna feel your vagina and um, and your rectum and the place up towards the front, like where um, like behind your pubic bone. You'll feel mm-hmm. that bit tightening there. Uh, and so it should be an entire sensation from yes. your chest down to. Your bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Which,
1: when we talk about it like that, imagine how much more powerful that is than just sitting, squeezing a muscle.
0: Right. Right? Yes. So. Right.
1: And not that that's about, but like, but it's, it's, the pelvic floor is just so much more than that. So I think that's, that's
0: I think beautiful. that. Yeah, no, I think that illustrates really well for people. Um, how complex of an issue this is Mm -hmm. and how easy it is for it to get into a state of disrepair because it is connected to all these other things. Yes. So it's not like, oh, you were pregnant and now you pee when you cough. Right. That's not the whole story of our pelvic floor. There's so many other pieces of that going on.
1: And I think a
0: lot of women just on
1: that note think that it's really normal to cough or pee when they coughed after they yeah. had a baby. Yeah. And that's common, but not normal, which I think we talk a lot about on this yeah. podcast. It's like, yeah, a lot of things are common, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's normal. Right. So um, there's lots of ways to strengthen it that um, are important. So questions to ask yourself about your pelvic floor. So first question, can you correctly contract it? which is a lot of what we've just talked about, right? Like in that visualization earlier, can you act like you're in an elevator and you don't want to fart and you don't want to pee in front of everybody, right? Can you do that? Um, One of my favorite visualizations on this that I've heard, um, so you're pretending this, I'm not saying to actually do this, but as if you had a blueberry that you inserted into your vagina. So can you imagine like pulling the blueberry up into your vagina.
0: No, I can't imagine. That.
1: <laughs> imagine <laughs> a day that you would like to put a blueberry in your vagina. Is it you're right? Pulling it up. It's a happy little blueberry. Okay. Firm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you're kind of pulling it up and now you're trying to smash it. Oh, By sque- I know. <laughs> you were so right. <laughs> so you're trying to smash it by squeezing the muscles. While you're maintaining your kind of regular diaphragmatic breathing, oh crud! I know. Okay, right? hold so on. you're doing that diaphragmatic breathing. You're pulling that ripe little blueberry up to your vagina, and then I'm sorry, little blueberry, we're gonna squeeze you, and you're smashed.
0: I don't think I can do it. Well, then you just keep keep
1: practicing.
0: S- <laughs> keep putting blueberries together yes. vagina. That's why I
1: said a couple times you pretend. I'm not okay. saying to put fruit in your vagina.
0: We are not here to recommend Mm -mm. putting food in your vagina. Sometimes we recommend garlic. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Not blueberries, though. Blueberries are not going to help.
1: This is a visual exercise. Visual, visual, visual. Um, And then can you completely let it relax? So you're kind of, you're releasing that. You're relaxing all of your openings. You're lowering your pelvic floor muscles. So, right, so you're, like, releasing all that little smashed little blueberry, right, letting that go down. So I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I can totally relax, but can you relax it purposefully after that purposeful contraction,
0: right? I think that's where the confusion lies is that it's the other side of working the muscle, which Mm -hmm. is fully relaxing it, which... People think, yeah, of course, I walk around with it relaxed all the time. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, you don't. Because the reason you have dysfunction is because your pelvic floor is in a little micro spasm all the time. Because of our posture and Mm -hmm. our lifestyle and looking down at our phones, their heads leaning forward all the time. That affects everything in there. It causes these little spasms. And so most of us are in a bit of spasm and relaxing that spasm is not as easy as just letting it all hang. Yes. Yeah.
1: So it's all, it's all purposeful and this is all stuff to just, you know, be thinking about as you connect with your pelvic floor. Um, Next question. Can it be active at the right times? So during activity and movement, um, during times of pressure, like the sneezing, you know, laughing, coughing thing, um, during orgasm, right. Can you, does it work the way that it's supposed to is the question that you ask yourself. So, and then, you know, you're just kind of taking your mental notes of like your yes or no answers to these. And we'll talk about your answers in a moment. Um, and then can it be relaxed at the right time? So using the bathroom and, you know, using the bathroom. Yeah.
0: Right. And and for both, like, for bowel movements and urine, mm-hmm. and so you can be like, of course I can let my urine go, but do you, are you somebody who has chronic constipation? Mm-hmm. Because that can be something that's associated with pelvic floor issues, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and some people, we'll get into kind of issues in just a sec, but some people, even during sex, right, can't, re- like, relax their pelvic floor in a way that makes penetration pleasurable right or enjoyable or even sometimes like possible or not painful or
0: yeah right and that can be um, that can be caused by multiple things yes it's not for just sure not your just pelvic floor so yes know. yeah plenty of things Um,
1: so when is it time to see someone for pelvic floor issues so there are Anytime. actual, yes if everything's going great go see, go see one. somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Everything not going great, go see somebody. Yeah, anytime you absolutely can. And if you don't know this, there are there's an actual profession of a pelvic floor therapist. I have found that many people didn't know that that was an actual
0: thing. Yeah, they're physical therapists who specialize in pelvic floor mm-hmm. anatomy. Yes. And mobility and stability and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. so tell people really quick. When you get a pelvic floor assessment, what is usually, what's, what usually happens in those appointments? Because I think it would surprise people.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different, I mean, not beyond just like the questions of right filling out like what happens when or when, what do you, what is your experience? But there's a kind of a wide variety of like internal things that usually don't happen on the first meeting. Usually there's not too much internally happening on the first meeting, depending on who you're meeting with, but most people like to get a little bit of like a relationship before that. But there's lots of external techniques that they can use to kind of assess, because like we were talking about, with your core, with your lower back, with your pelvis, all of that, that um, there's plenty for them to work with.
0: Yeah. If somebody wants to get in your vagina on the first date, you got to question these things, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is your motive here? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Sorry, who are
1: you? Sorry, where'd you get your degree (laughs) from? I mean, even we as midwives, we wait
0: for a little bit. We're not going to put our fingers in anybody. No, we always offer, because sometimes that's exactly what people want. That is true. Yeah, but as a general rule of thumb, we Mm -hmm. try not to do that on the, the first time we meet somebody. Yes, for sure. Um, but they can absolutely
1: help you sort of connect with your muscles. Um, they can help even There, certain pelvic floor therapists are like really well trained in trauma, not only physical trauma, but emotional trauma as well to help like release some of that from your pelvic floor, because your body absolutely does hold trauma, Mm -hmm. um, especially your pelvic floor, um, your whole pelvic region for sure. Um, and they can help kind of give you freedom from, like weaknesses or pain or other issues, whatever, like that aren't normal. Um, So any issues with your urethra, your vagina, your rectum, like not being, you know, lacking potential, like strength, flexibility, coordination, any of those things, um, it's definitely worth it to go see a pelvic floor therapist for any of those things Or, or, you know, talk to your local midwives and then you know, if it warrants for sure, go see a pelvic floor therapist for any of those things. Um, obviously it's not just pelvic floor that can cause issues with any of those, um, canals, but it's a potential. And
0: it's really likely, like I said, like with the way that our lifestyles are framed with our posture Mm -hmm. with, um, you know, like your pelvic floor wants a lot of movement and activation and, Even the best of us are not doing that to the satisfying level that our bodies want. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's, it's very likely that most of us have pelvic floor dysfunction and we're not going to... Intervene on it until we're in our fifties or sixties. Right, it's gone so long and so far that we start to have real serious incontinence issues. And did you know that that is the number one reason that families put their elderly female family members in? Wow, into assisted care is because of incontinence. Holy moly! You think it was like can't ambulate well or memory care issues right. or? But that is the number one reason. Recon- wow. Yeah. Huh? I'm like really? That's not a big deal. No. <laughs> you, like keep changing your diapers. Yeah, I'm like, I change diapers all day, every day Yeah, but So wow. that's the number one reason. I know. So do your family a favor. Don't make them have to do that to you in thirty years. Don't want to do that. oh No.
1: Um, so speaking of bladder controls, like bladder control, bowel, bowel control problems. Um, if you need to urgently or frequently go, um, accidental leakage of urine, that's like a common one. Or if you're obviously, if you're like leaking bowel movements, you don't need us to tell you that you should go see somebody, um, or if you're, you can't hold in a fart, things like that. Those are all things about, you know, strength and mobility down there. Um difficulty emptying your bladder can be an issue. Vaginal heaviness uh can be a problem because again we talked about sort of that sling, and if your pelvic floor isn't strong, that's when it starts to sort of act more like a hammock, right? With everything laying low in there. Yeah, what'll um, happen
0: is like your your instead of your muscle holding your bladder and suspending it in your pelvis, that's what it's supposed to do it'll actually start resting on the top of your vaginal Mm -hmm. wall. And so that could be um, just general heaviness, that bulging feeling. It can be painful intercourse. Mm -hmm. Um, You can look down there and kind of see something protruding Mm -hmm. sometimes. It's not uncommon, especially um, for women who have had multiple babies. Yes,
1: for sure. Um, Pain in the bladder um, is like... it it, kind of similar to what we were just talking about. And then, um, any issues too, during intercourse in terms of like pain in your pelvic floor kind of area, all of those are definite reasons that you could go see a pelvic floor therapist. Yeah. So, uh, So we've kind of mentioned the fact about like these different exercises, there's all kinds of regiments and classes that you can check out like online. There's so many people offering all kinds of information it's important to recognize, though, that like any other exercise that you do, it's going to be most effective when it's individually tailored and monitored. So while there's lots of really wonderful classes that work for a lot of people, um, don't get down if you try one. And you're like, oh, this isn't working for me because that might not be right for your specific issue. Um, so when things are kind of individualized and then again monitored, um, that can be very important. And, um, you know, just as like a little piece of info, everything that we talked about is like just a general guide and may not help if like it's done incorrectly or, you know, it's not for the issue that you particularly need. So if you're trying to do the smashing of the blueberry and you're like, why isn't this helping? Right. It might not be um, for you or in your particular issue in your
0: particular body. So the point of this podcast really is to, number one, talk about an issue that many women experience. Mm-hmm. Some of you guys think that some of the symptoms we've described tonight are normal. Yes. And they can be common, but not normal, mm-hmm. right?
1: It's your favorite term.
0: And the second thing is is to kind of um, encourage you to get a little bit of extra help. So. Mm-hmm. Um, giving you some awareness in your body and some tools to start to, um, manage what those sensations are like, Mm -hmm. but you are absolutely going to have to seek out somebody who can kind of take you along the steps of what's appropriate for you and your body and your issue. So not prescriptive information, but really just highlighting a really common issue with women.
1: Yes preach girl oh yeah yeah Yeah. well that was a fabulous time talking about your wonderful pelvic floors and all of your lovely organs and openings
0: and parts your
1: favorite thing to hear about love it (laughs) well we'll have to catch you on the next uh episode that's right
0: Mm -hmm. we will see you guys next time hear you talk to you next time and until then hop over in our Facebook yes. community it's where so we fun. will be um, sharing even more information about this. Yes. So there's very little that we can share in one podcast I about know. such this a, is huge a huge topic. subject, yeah. right? And so we're really looking forward to connecting with you in that Facebook group and connecting mm-hmm. with you on Instagram. Those are the places where we like to kind of flesh these episodes yes. out Lots a little more information bit more and fun. Mm-hmm. connecting to resources and all that great stuff. So Do please find us in all those places so we can continue the conversation. Bye! Bye.
1: The sponsor of today's show is Whole Mother Co., a fun, give-back shop that includes you, the busy mama, in making an impact with your purchases. Your partnership raises money promotes awareness, and supports the mother-friendly causes you care about. Use code Guide at wholemotherco.com to get $5 off your first order.
0: Wow, Kelly, they made it all the way to the end. What did they win?
1: Lady, you've won a priceless connection with your amazing body that you've been doing your fab life in. Our hope is we've gifted you with some information and perspective you can use. Sharing is caring, and our mission is to make these topics familiar to all women. We bet you can think of three people right now who will find this episode helpful. So be a pal and share it. Lastly, you won't want to miss a thing coming up in Wine and Gun, so subscribe to get all the tasty details directly to your ears. Have a great day, vagina experts!